Amen. Well, like I said earlier, it is Presbytery Sunday. I know a lot of you are like, great, what does that mean? What is Presbytery Sunday? Well, this is a Sunday that we are highlighting the prophetic gift that is on this house. When Mercy Culture was founded in Fort Worth, Texas, it was our leadership felt the Lord calling us to found Mercy Culture in the biblical way on the foundations of the apostolic and the prophetic. And so from the very beginning of Mercy Culture Fort Worth and from the very beginning of Mercy Culture Waco, we have been a prophetic house. It's so funny around Mercy Culture, you can't get away with nothing. It's like no matter what, whatever God's speaking to you, somebody will come up. I felt like this morning, Pastor Kaylee's here. We'll, we'll introduce them in a moment. But I was standing in the back and she said, I felt like the Lord told me to remind you. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Last night, the Lord told me, look, I pulled it up and I did this. And I, I love the prophetic. And I love the gift of the prophetic that rests upon this house. And what I love about the prophetic gift at Mercy Culture is that we can operate in the prophetic and not be weird. Because I know some of you heard me say, we're going to operate in the prophetic, and you went, "Whoop! uh-oh, it's about to get weird. Listen, weird people would be weird without the prophetic gift. They were weird before the Holy Spirit. They're going to be weird after the Holy Spirit if that were to happen. they just weird. They ain't got nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. They're weird. Let's not act like you've never been to Walmart at 1.30 in the morning. None of them was prophesying. They're just weird. So weirdness is not connected with the prophetic. There's, that's just a totally separate thing. But we can have order and decency and still operate in the prophetic. You see, at Mercy Culture, we want parking lot prophets, and we want prophets and MC kids, and we want greeters that are prophetic, and we want worship team members that are prophetic. It's amazing. Half the songs that they sing, nobody ever heard before, because it just comes up out of their spirit, and they begin to write music. When we write music with Mercy Culture Worship, we don't just sit down and go, okay, we have these four topics that we want to write about, and what rhymes with worship, and let's try to right? Let's try to put this together. That's not the way writing sessions work. You know how we write music at MC Worship? We get into a room and get into the presence of God. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Ask the presence of the Lord to come. And then the gift of prophecy comes in the room. And people begin to declare and prophesy. And powerful words of prophecy set to music come out of their spirits. And so this is a prophetic house And we want you to operate in the prophetic. But if we're going to cultivate a culture of the prophetic, we must cultivate a culture of mercy. And what does that mean? It means that human beings get things wrong. And one of the problems is that people get real judgmental. When, they, when people begin to do things that they already don't like. So if you have a predisposition for whatever reason to dislike the gift of the prophetic, you are looking for a reason to disprove that gift. And people often say, well, I was prophesied over once and the person got it wrong. Therefore, I don't receive the gift of the prophetic. Well, that's ridiculous. Can I pastor you for a moment? That's just dumb. That don't make no sense, right? Why? Because getting something wrong doesn't mean that you're bad or that you're evil, and that doesn't make somebody a false prophet. You know what that makes that person? A human being. 
You know what false prophecy is? A false prophet is someone who intends to deceive others. It's when people make up a word, they make up something to manipulate, control, or deceive other people, and then they say that it came from God. That's a false prophet. A false prophet is not one that makes a mistake. And so when you're operating in the prophetic, I want to give you some tools. Operate in the place of humility. And so we say things like this, hey, I want to submit something to you that I felt in my spirit. You don't walk up to somebody and say, God said, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says. We don't do that. Why? Because let them tell you it's from God. Let it bear witness with their spirit. You don't have to tell them it's from God. Hey, I felt this in my spirit. Would it be all right if I shared it with you? Can I submit this to you? I was praying and oftentimes you'll do it and they go, man, that was God. And they affirm if it was from the Lord or not. The second thing is when you are delivering a prophetic word, don't reach. What does that mean? It means that sometimes we hear a word from the Lord and then we take that word and extrapolate it into something else. So we try to explain it away or we try to, we try to interpret the word. It's not your call. It's not your job to interpret the word. It's your job to hear the voice of the Lord and obey what he says to do. So just hear the Lord and obey. One of our spiritual mothers who went to be with Jesus just a few years ago, she was one of the most prophetic people that I ever knew. And she tells this story of how she was in a gas station somewhere or someplace, and I know others have had a similar testimony, but the Lord gave her a very strange word to give to this young woman. And she just walked up to her, and it, it didn't make any sense to her, and she delivered this word, and the girl just began to weep and cry and she told her, I, I asked the Lord, I was, I was ready to take my life, and I asked the Lord, have somebody come up and say that exact thing to me if you're real. And so she was able to lead her to the Lord, but what would happen if she tried to take that word and change it because it didn't make sense in her mind and, and try to interpret what she thought the Lord was speaking to her? But she didn't. She just heard the voice of the Lord and stepped out in humility and obedience to do what God said to do. So I want to define prophecy. Prophecy is simply communicating a divine message from God. It is foretelling or revealing the future to speak a new message from God to his people. It is to speak on God's behalf. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning in verse 2, the Bible says this, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. I know in a room this size, some of you have been taught in your church upbringing that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer for you and for me today. There is a doctrine of belief that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased to be in operation today. But the Bible says to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. That's why we pray in the Holy Spirit, because we are uttering the mysteries of heaven and praying to God. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. And so today is Presbytery Sunday, and we 
um, we are gathering some leaders of mercy culture to prophesy over some individuals that we prayed and we asked the Lord to highlight. And presbytery is simply a gathering together of elders, our people that have uh, been proven in the gift of prophecy to minister to others. First Timothy chapter four, verse 14 says, do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders, our presbytery, laid their hands on you. The Bible tells us that whenever there is a presbytery that we are to listen and then to judge what is being said. And that word judge means not to judge harshly or critically, but to weigh it with the spirit. To weigh the spirit that is being said. And so today, when we take this moment, if you just begin to play behind me, when we take a moment here to operate in presbytery and the prophetic there is a couple of things that i'm believing god to do within our hearts today number one i want this and i believe the lord has spoken that today it would it would begin to breed a hunger and a desire for the prophetic gift to rest upon your life that as you see these leaders prophesy that something would come alive in your spirit and for some of you, you've operated in the gift of prophecy in the past, but you've seen it misused. You've seen it manipulated. You've seen it get weird. And so you've rejected that gift. But I felt the Lord say this morning that he's going to heal you of your past hurt. That he's going to heal you of some church hurt. He's going to heal you of the fear of the prophetic. Can I pastor you this morning? This is what I heard in my spirit. I'm also going to tell you like I heard the Holy Spirit tell me. He said, it's time to get over it. That's what I felt the Lord say. So just close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray over you. Again, today is not a show. Today is not a fortune-telling fortune program that you sit back and watch and ooh and ah and find, let me read their face and was that accurate or was it not? No, this is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And as these leaders prophesy this morning, God is going to birth a hunger that you may earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So just hold out your hands. Posture your heart to receive. Father, I pray for a soft heart this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would soften the hearts of your people. Jesus, I pray that all hurt, all disappointment, any season or past where prophecy was manipulated or used as a weapon. Any season that these gifts were used to hurt your people. God, I pray that you would heal them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, soften their hearts to receive what you have for them. Haley, just lift up your hands. Crystal, would you just reach over and pray for her? 
Father, I pray for the gift of prophecy to rest upon Haley. Haley, when I began to pray for you, I saw wells that that were overflowing with fresh water that had been capped. There'd been a cap placed upon those wells. So Lord, I pray that you would remove the cap of the wells that you dug in her spirit. Lord, I pray that even now you begin to remind Haley of childhood memories of operating in the prophetic. That you would revive and renew the passion for the gift of the prophetic and the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, as she embarks on this next season, as she's ready to step out into missionary work, Father, I pray that the, she would go in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. she would lay hands on the sick and they would recover she would heal the sick and cleanse the leopard and cast out devils and raise the dead she would prophesy things that she could not possibly know and that Lord it would be a sign and a wonder that the lost would come to salvation in the name of Jesus so wells flow again water flow again in the name of Jesus thank you Lord we've invited some of our pastors and leaders this morning from Fort Worth from our Fort Worth campus to come and minister so I want to introduce them for you now we have pastor Chris and Brianna Chima. Let's give them a hand. Come on, guys, you can come up. Pastor Chris and Pastor Brianna serve at our Mercy Culture Preparatory School, which we are praying and believing God will be here in Waco soon. It's part of our vision for the city. And they're just amazing spiritual leaders. And you know, Pastor Chris has ministered here before, and they're incredible spiritual leaders. And we also have Pastor Seth and Kaylee Morrow with us. Let's give them a hand. Pastor Seth wore his towel shirt. That way, when he sweats, it just kills two birds with one stone, right? So smart. But Pastor Seth and Pastor Kaylee do so many things. Um, Pastor Kaylee, I don't even know what she does anymore. She oversees like a lot of stuff. And if you were at Marked Women's Conference, you saw her operate in, in one of her many gifts. And Pastor Seth is the lead pastor of Mercy Culture Online Campus, which some of you, that's the way you found out about Mercy Culture. And Pastor Seth oversees that among so many other things. So we are honored to have them. And then we have Pastor Nikki Cody, my beautiful wife. been ministering this morning who's first it's right there on the paper we have the Claussens are first Abe and Sarah Claussen let's give them a hand as they come up you guys come on up let me 
get myself together here real quick. The hot seat. So we're just going to take a moment and just begin to prophesy. Again, as you hear these pastors prophesy, know that the prophetic is an invitation. And there are many times that someone will be giving a prophetic word to someone else, and the Lord will speak to you and tell you to grab a hold of that for yourself. And so there are times that through the word delivered to others, God will speak to you. So again, I want to encourage you today, lock in with the spirit of the Lord as we minister. Well, I wanted to break the rules for a minute. And in the middle of worship, I wanted to submit a word to the worship team, especially as I was hearing the, what I'll call the addition, because I haven't heard it, uh, to the, the dunamis song and the fortify my faith and in that moment. What I felt my spirit the Lord say is, worship team Waco, you just entered into a greater level of unity in the spirit. A song written started in Fort Worth being built upon from lyrics in Waco. You have fortified the dunamis song. You have strengthened the worship in Texas. So I want to celebrate you, worship team, what you heard in, in the secret place in a song. You actually activated this unity of spirit corporately in mercy culture. So celebrate you, worship team. Abe and Sarah, nice to meet you. I'm Chris. If you want to step out in faith, just, be, just have somebody tell you to ask the Lord about somebody you don't know. So this is, this is faith. And how you grow in prophecies, you just do it. You just ask the Lord and you submit it. It's the Colossians, is that how you say it? The Colossians. Well, over both of you and your family, I felt my spirit, the Lord say, you are strengtheners of families. I heard the Lord say, he's called you to the family unit. What I heard is, I called you to adopt many. And I heard this number, thousands. God brought you here in response to the presence of an orphan spirit. I felt my spirit, the Lord has brought you on assignment, knowing where the enemy brought an orphan spirit and saying, I need a father and mother. And as I was hearing this from the Lord, it dawned on me, it took me a minute, that your names were Abe and Sarah. And I was like, wow. So it took, it took the prophet a minute to actually see something basic there for a minute. <laughs> Sarah, I felt my spirit, the Lord say, you're like a Mother Teresa, full of the Holy Spirit. I saw this vision of you walking in streets. I saw you going in the byways and the highways of Waco, touching others and bringing comfort. I saw you hugging others, and others were feeling the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I saw you physically bringing comfort, and it was as if the Holy Spirit was comforting them over you and around you. Even in this moment, I hear the Lord saying, it's time to hug people. I even feel in my spirit as you've driven, you felt like you're supposed to hug somebody and you were hesitant. And I just hear the Lord saying, obviously the husband, you gotta prove this, but pull over and do it. <laughs> I also heard the Lord say, your family, you are fortifiers of faith. Your belief in what God can do and what God will do will stir others to have faith. I heard it's, it's time for you to pray into what I've shown you plan for what I've told you, submit what I've called you to, and watch me do what I said I'd do. And Abe, obviously short for Abraham, the practical gift came on me in this moment. Though, though it is a short version of the name Abraham, 
I felt my spirit, the Lord say, you will not come up short of your calling. Don't stress what to do and what God wants you to do. I heard you have come here. You have left land for your family. Now believe God for your inheritance. I heard you will see fruit of your call, but the effect of your obedience will transcend your lifetime on the earth. And I saw this crazy vision of you watching from the heavens after your time on the earth, the continuation of your inheritance. I felt my spirit, the Lord say, you're a father of many and you will have many fathers. You all have children? How many children y'all got? Three boys, girls? One girl and two boys. Uh, do you guys have a desire to have another kid? Is that, is that not, is that not, is it? Pr- prophetic protocol one, don't ask that, yeah. I felt my spirit, your boys, uh, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna submit this, right? Um, whether it's in the, in the natural or some other way, I, I saw another boy. And I felt my spirit, the Lord said, you have boys of valor. Bravery, courage, and dauntless, which means incapable of being intimidated or subdued. And then I saw one daughter, and I felt my spirit, the Lord say, she's a daughter of vigor. In other words, strength. And lastly, I heard, I have filled your family with strong ones. As you strengthen your family, you will fight for families. I have raised you up for such a time as this to stand in the gap in intercession and establish a procession of fathers and mothers. I noticed this morning, I was like looking down the line and I saw everybody with their phones and I realized I was the only one who like wrote like with pen and paper. And so I just felt like Pastor Jan and Zane, but like a lot younger. So yeah, so. Anyways, when I was praying for the two of you, I felt two words in my spirit, um, and they were faithful and submitted. In Hosea 2, 23, the Lord says, at that time, I'll plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. And he says, I will say to them, now you are my people, and they will reply back to me, you are our God. Sarah, when I was praying for you specifically, I felt in my spirit the Lord saying that in you, he has found one who is faithful and submitted. He's not only found you, but he planted you and he raised you, hand selecting you, setting you apart because of your faithfulness and submission to him. I felt the Lord saying that in you, I have found one who will call back to me when I call to them saying, yes, you are my God. In you, I have found one who will call out to me in true submission saying, whatever it is, let your will be done. First Samuel two verse nine says, he will guard the feet of the faithful ones, but the wicked will be cut off in their darkness for it's not by might that a man should should prevail. I felt in my spirit to encourage you and remind you that submission to God is always safety, no matter what it looks like, no matter what he asks you to do. When you're submitted to him, he is faithful to guard your feet. For it's not by might that a man prevails, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. In Psalm, it says that he will look, on with, he will look with favor on the faithful ones in the lands, that they will dwell with him. 
and not to turn my paper. It's probably why everybody else just did it on their phones. One translation says it this way, the NLT, it says, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Those faithful ones find favor in God's eyes, but more than favor, they find friendship with God. And I felt in my spirit, the Lord saying, he's found friendship with you and it pleases him. Seth, nice to meet you guys. Uh, as I was praying for you guys, I saw some things, but I realized as I say, I saw some things. I wanna provide some context for the room. Uh, whenever I pray and I ask the Lord, usually he speaks to me in pictures. And uh, this is what we'd call like a spiritual daydream or what the Bible describes as a vision. And so if you're praying and, and something pops in your head, a picture pops in your head, I wanna encourage you that that's the Lord. It's not, not just your imagination. Are you getting off track or getting distracted? And uh, usually for me, it's like whenever you're a kid and you have one of those little binocular things and you put the slide in it and you press a button and it goes between the different slides. Uh, that's what it looks like for me whenever the Lord gives me a, a vision. It's like he's showing me things and he shows me the next thing and it's like he's clicking the button. And, and in that space, I just ask the Lord, what are you showing me? Teach me what you're trying to show me in this space. And so as I've prayed for this couple and the next couple, uh, the Lord showed me some things and all I did was simply ask, Lord, what are you showing me in this? And as Pastor Les said, we don't reach so I'm not gonna say anything he didn't show me, uh, but it was just a moment where he showed me a picture and I'm gonna submit it to you guys. And so as I was praying for you guys, the Lord showed me a picture. It's something he's shown me a few times in the past of, of I don't know if y'all seen this movie, it's really old, The Secret Garden. Uh, it's a movie where um, there's like a little boy and he finds this garden, it's walled in and he can't get in, but he gets a, he gets a key and he enters into this gate and it's like this beautiful garden that's private, it's secret and they call it the Secret Garden, duh. Uh, and so what I felt was, I, I saw you guys walking into this new secret garden and the Lord's pulling you into a new place of intimacy. And what I saw as you were walking on this path through this garden is y'all were holding this compass. And it was like a, like a traditional compass like you would see someone use when they're hiking. And you guys were walking with the compass real low to the ground as you were walking. And as you were carrying the compass, the Lord reminded me of Psalms 119.105 that says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And it's like you guys were holding this compass, but the compass was the word of God. Like the word of God had become so, uh, so directional for you guys that it became like a compass and there was no difference between those two things. And, and as you are walking with the Lord and holding this compass to your feet, uh, you guys were making decisions, not just big decisions, everyday decisions, little decisions, and holding it up against the word of God. And he was speaking to you guys and giving you direction. And I saw people coming up to you guys and asking you for direction, like, what do we do in this situation? Where do we go? And you guys simply just pointing them to the compass. The compass will tell you where to go. It was the word of God. You are pointing them to the word of God. And so that's what I saw over both of you guys. And as I was praying for you, Abe, I heard the phrase stonemason. Really specific, random. I don't know anything about stonemasons, but I saw you as a stonemason and I saw you with a stonemason's hammer. Uh, and a stonemason's hammer, I looked it up, it's flat on one side and it's got a chisel on the other side. And I saw you taking large chunks of stone and uh, you would hit them with the flat side first and break off huge pieces. And then you'd turn it around with the chisel and start to chisel and fine tune it into small, uh, small detailed things. And, <clears throat> and I feel like the Lord is equipping you to do that in people's lives. I feel like, uh, I felt men, but I feel like families in general as well. Uh, and I feel like specifically with that, it's a fathering gift that the Lord's placed on you. 
So the Lord's calling you to father like a stonemason would to, to help chisel away at things, to help form men into the things that the Lord has called them to do. Uh, and, and not only just with, with your natural children, but uh, your spiritual children, um, which with that, as, it, as we were praying and, and worship, I, I felt like I want to submit this to you guys for your kids. I heard that your kids are, are born for adversity. Like in adverse times, they will stand up with boldness. They will stand up with courage uh, and that they were born, that they were created for that. And you guys are, are preparing them for that. So I heard that you were a stonemason and a father. Sarah, I saw you sitting at a sewing table with a sewing machine. And you were sitting at this sewing machine and you were sewing together sails, like sails you would see on a boat. Uh, and it was large pieces of fabric and it was a bunch of different pieces, but you were sewing them together. Uh, and as you were sewing, you were praying. And it was like these sails were threaded together with prayer, not with string, with prayer. Uh, and as you sewed them together, you created, you built these sails and I saw you folding them up nicely and handing them to women. And as you gave these women these sails, you were, you were teaching them how to catch the wind. And so I saw you doing that, and I also saw you pushing boats into the water. Like you would see someone on the shore with, with boats on the shore, and you were partnering with women, and you were like almost bending over and putting your might into it and launching them into the water. And this is what mothering looks like for you. I saw you sewing sails, equipping, and launching. Those are the three words I felt specifically, sewing sails, equipping, and launching. And I heard the word mother strongly over you. Spiritual mother, spiritual father. I heard that over both of you guys. And just to echo what Pastor Chris was sharing, uh, I feel like the God, that God has called you guys to this house to spiritually father and spiritually mother. So bless you guys. So good to see a face to the names I've been praying about. Abe, when I asked the Lord what was on his heart for you, I heard him quickly say, I want to speak to him. When I asked what was on his heart, he said, I want to speak to him. And I heard him say, I will speak to him in stillness. Um, and I felt like it was important for you to grasp this morning that the Lord's desire to speak to you, that it's on his heart and that he wants to. I also heard, as I prayed about you, Abe, I heard the Lord say, master craftsman. And um, Seth and I didn't compare our notes. I don't know what he heard the Lord say, but it's interesting that he um, heard, what was it? A stone, a stone mason. I heard master craftsman. I saw you in a wood shop with the Lord and he was teaching you how to do woodwork as a father would with his son. I saw that you were creating and whittling wood, but you were doing it with the father. And it was specifically the father. Uh, a word over our house. I'm really passionate about stewarding prophetic words. And one of the words over our house back from like 2018 over Mercy Culture was that God would send the master craftsman to Mercy Culture Church. A master craftsman is a general title for someone who is experienced and highly skilled in a particular craft. And the Lord said, you're a master craftsman. Um, I heard that there's a creative anointing over you, Abe. I don't know what that means, what that looks like, but as a master craftsman, he's given you a skill. And it's not just a skill of, of experience, but it's an anointing from the Lord because you've learned to do it with him, not in your own strength. I heard this specifically over you, Abe, don't be discouraged, you've been called. I even feel like you've questioned or doubted what is in you or why you're here. And that's why he's saying, I want to speak to him to solidify those things in you as you father, not just this church, but the city of Waco. He wants to speak to you. 
Sarah, as I prayed about you, I heard the Lord say, the days of your past are gone and newness is springing up. I feel like the Lord said that you're blooming. And he brought me to Isaiah 43, 16 through 19. It says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are, are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing now. Now, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I felt specifically over you, Sarah. The Lord says now, now is the time. And I felt specifically now is the time for you to perceive it, to be aware of it. This revelation of things being new has been up in your head, but now the Lord says it's in your heart to be aware and to perceive the times. I felt specifically the spirit of wisdom and revelation to perceive and know what the Lord is doing is coming upon you. To perceive what the Lord is doing, that he's doing a new thing. And I felt specifically to awaken the prophetic gift in you. And so I'm going to pray over you. Lord, I awaken the prophetic gift in your daughter, Sarah. I say now is the time to perceive the days of the Lord, that she will bring forth prophetic words over this church and over the city of Waco, just as Pastor Chris prophesied that you were around the city and that you were extending compassion. I pray that the prophetic gift would flow out of you. I pray even as Pastor Les shared, of this prophetic spiritual mother as she's a spiritual mother rising up to perceive the things of the Lord. God, I even pray for gas station appointments where she would give the word of the Lord to somebody in the city of Waco. And so we say, dunamis, come upon your daughter. In the name of Jesus, I say prophetic gift, awaken and arise. I say boldness, every fear to go in the name of Jesus. Intimidation, you have no place here. She's unshakable, unmoving by the, the schemes and the lies of the enemy because she has a gift to perceive the new things that springs forth as she blooms, as the old is gone. The enemy, I feel like this is a, a tool of the enemy that you need to be aware of is that he will continually bring up your past to disqualify you, to say, don't you remember the past of what you've done and what this happened and this? But the Lord says, no, new things are springing forth. You've been a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Do you perceive it? And so I awake and I fan into flame the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Abe and Sarah, I, the Lord showed me to look up your names and Abe is father of multitude. And Sarah, or Sarah, is honed mother, honored mother, noble woman, or princess. I felt to encourage you, you guys are being refined and matured to be mothers and fathers and not to push past this season of refinement and growth. I also hear the Lord in visions and dreams. And so when I was praying for you guys, the Lord just began to show me this vision. I saw the two of you walking hand in hand in the dark, but I wanna clarify that you weren't in the dark, you were being hidden by the Lord. 
You were walking by faith and not by sight. Sarah, I saw you release Abe's hand and drop to the ground behind him, trying to find and gather something that you felt you had dropped or lost. But I saw you jump up quickly and grab his hand again. I saw a spotlight shine on the two of you and the spotlight began to hone in till it was laser focused. That laser began to break off fear, break off intimidation and what the enemy was trying to cause disunity, the Lord was unifying and causing even the scars to fall away. Like you couldn't even see your past hurts and your past wounds and your past pains. I saw it breaking up the fallow ground behind you, that the things that you were feeling around for were seeds and the seeds began to take deep root. They were not lost or scattered. I want to remind you, your dreams and the things that you, the Lord has birthed within the two of you are not lost and they are not scattered. They were being hidden and you were being hidden by him as under the shelter of the wing of the Most High. You didn't lose anything. He will reap the harvest in the fields that you sowed into. It was not stolen and it did not die. The enemy cannot steal your faith. And I, the Lord took me to Hebrews 12 and he said, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. I felt that it, you're not in any sin, but the enemy was trying to steal your faith and anything that's not done in faith is sin, but he didn't steal it. That's why you stood back up and grabbed his hand quickly. He said, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The laser is perfecting your faith because the two of you are called as mothers and fathers to also be laser focused so that you can take the orphans in this city. I love the prophetic. You're called to the orphans of this city. And the reason why he has cut you with the laser and he is honing the two of you is because you will carry great authority in helping others come to Jesus and to find great strength and to find even joy in the, the process of being honed by the Lord. The next scripture he took me to was Hebrews 10, 32. He said, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while. And then coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him, but we are not you are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. The two of you are perseverers. You have come to this city for such a time as this to persevere. You have not been pulled back. You have not been forgotten. You have not been overshadowed but by his wings and the pulling back that you felt was the Lord 
He has honed you in His hands as a weapon and the pulling back that you felt is because you're like an arrow in His hand. And as He pulls back and pulls back and pulls back, when He releases, which I feel like the season is now, He is releasing the two of you and you will hit your mark in Jesus' name. None of us shared notes, um, but I heard the Lord say, you have not been banished, you've been called away. You haven't been sent to the wilderness, you've been called away to be with him. And Abe, I heard the Lord speak the word Samson over you, and he took me to Judges chapter 13, verse two. So there was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Abe, I heard the Lord say he's called you to be set apart. That he's called you from a young age as a young man to be a Nazarite. That he is, he, he told me to tell you to calm your spirit. That he has brought you to a tribe of Nazarenes. He said to remind you that what he's calling you to is not legalism. It's your call. That there are convictions and there are things that are okay for others that he's reminding you it's not okay for you. In Judges chapter 16, verse 30, we this is a few chapters later and we see the life of Samson and this life of a man that's been set apart. And because of that, there's so much favor and strength and power upon his life. But he's gone through all of these things and he's at the end of his life. And in verse 30, it says, and Samson said, he said to the Lord, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. And the Lord says, your cry of let me die will lead to the greatest victory of your life. So Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for this season of death. Lord, the dying to all things uh, the dying to hopes and the dying to careers, the dying to just open doors that he set aside, that this family has put to the side. The Lord says, through your death will come the greatest victory. So God, I pray that you would strengthen your son. Shake him, God, and let your strength come upon him like never before. Sarah, the Lord said 
that you are to be unveiled. Exodus 34, 29 says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountains, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses and behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to come near him. In verse 33, and when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 speaks back to this. In verse 16 it says, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit heard the Lord say that in the past you have felt veiled what I saw was the bridegroom coming to you and lifting the veil the thing that it has felt like you've had to cover the call the purpose the glory that's been upon your life and the Lord says he's removing the veil and the glory you've cultivated is being revealed. The Lord says you will fear no man. You will fear nothing but him. So let's gather around her. Father, no fear in the name of Jesus. Unveil your daughter. Reveal the glory that rests upon her and strengthen her voice, God. To do what these pastors have prophesied this morning, that they will mother and father in this city. That they will step up to the place of strength and power and authority that you have called them to and that yesterday's season will not inform this next Strengthen your son and daughter today. Fortify their faith. Unveil them, God, that they will fearlessly step into the call and the purpose on their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Clausens a hand this morning? Can we welcome Lourdes and Leo Martinez? Leo and Lourdes, nice to meet you. I want to encourage you as we engage with the, the second couple, the prophetic is contagious and to respond to even Pastor Les's disclaimer and many teaching prior. The Lord is speaking and I would encourage you as you're seeing, sensing, or hearing things over these individuals to write them down and submit them before you leave today because this is a house of prophecy and 
I say yes and amen to what Pastor Les said because I felt my spirit, mercy, culture, Waco, just as you have received the prophets, that you'll receive prophecy. And so I just declare the prophetic gift, we say yes, to be awakened in your people in this place. I declare it's easy to hear you in your presence. It's easy to see what you want to show us in your presence. Martinez says, I felt my spirit. The Lord say, you're a family of first. The Lord took me to Judges 1. And in that chapter, God chose Judah to go first up against Israel's enemies. And I felt my spirit, the Lord say, God has chosen you to be the first. I heard you're the first of faith. You're the first to go. You're the first to come. You're the first to cross over. I heard there is a land God wants you to take first. He has chosen you to go first. And I heard this asking from the Lord, remember what I have told you to go and take. I heard him say, what are you waiting for? The wait is over. Come on, can we just declare that together? The wait is over. Just declare it again. The wait is over. I just feel like we're supposed to shout it prophetically over them. The wait is over. I heard go buy that land. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I heard go build that house. Go start that business. Go reach those people. And the Lord took me to another verse and I heard this is the passage over your family. Matthew 22, 9 through 10. Therefore, go into the highways and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Leo, the Lord highlighted you and I heard he's a man of the streets. I heard I've called you from the streets and to the streets I'm calling you back. I saw this vision of you walking in the dark streets and immediately I felt my spirit. It was like it was nighttime when no one else would go. I saw you walking in the streets of night and interrupting schemes of darkness and immediately I felt in my spirit you're interrupting drug deals and trafficking. I saw you bringing light to those hidden places. And I saw leaders of darkness falling to their knees before you encountering the light of Jesus. I heard, cleanse the streets, Leo. Sweep the streets, Leo. I heard you are my street sweeper. <laughs> Lord is, I felt my spirit, the Lord say, feed the people, daughter. I heard, Leo will gather them, you will feed them. I heard, Lord is, feed them, wash them, clothe them, and sed them. This is an odd word. I, I felt my spirit, the Lord say, food is a thing for you. <laughs> Amen. Come on. <laughs> spirit of unity in this place. I sense food is a thing for you. Cooking, meal prep, serving, feeding. And I heard the Lord say, she enjoys it. <laughs> I hear the Lord saying, it is, it is your platform of ministry, food. I heard your home is your base, your kitchen is your place, the dining table is where you make space. And Leo and Lord is, the Lord wants to assure you of your differences. Lord is, I felt my spirit, you've asked this question and wondered why are we so different? And I heard the Lord responding and saying, because you are so complete. There is a completeness in your differences of how God wired you. Lastly, again, I wanna repeat, you are the crossover family. 
you have crossed over for your families in the following generations. There is a crossing over in careers. I felt this unique shifting where I heard the Lord say, I've not made you two for the nine to five. I have made you for the night to five, whatever that means. In other words, the way you two work, the way God will provide for you financially will be unconventional. And I hear, trust me, it's time to cross over. When I was praying over both of you, I was actually in my own daily encounter and the Lord interrupted my time with him to speak to me about the two of you. And I read this in the book of Psalm uh, 119 verses one through three. It says, joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. And as I prayed for you two, I couldn't, it's hard to even explain it the way that I saw the two of you interacting with the word of God, with the Bible. And it was like, I saw the Bible intertwined within your hearts and intertwined within your spirits and your minds. And the way that you were able to take the word of God and give it to others in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that brings the word of God to life so that you not only have been led by the word of God, joyful are those people who are of integrity, who walk by the word of God, that's you, but you bring others into that alongside of you, you teach them how to love the word of God and make his word real and applicable in their lives. And I felt in my spirit, the Lord inviting you into a deeper revelation of his joy. He's asking that you would allow joy, his joy to be your strength and your weapon like never before. He's reminding you that the joy that you have found in reading his word, the Bible, and he's calling you deeper into the meditation on his word. Psalm 118 says that songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. And I was reminded in John chapter 15, Jesus is telling us that he's the true vine and that we are to abide in him. And as we abide in him, which is the word of God, as we abide in who he is, in verse 11, it says these things, Jesus is speaking, he says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I felt in my spirit to urge you that as you abide in him, in his way, in his word, that it is, the, it is his joy that will fill you and complete you. The word of God will become a joy to you as you abide in it as you obey it, as you share it, as you teach it, as you write about it, as you help others understand and plainly see the word of God. I wanna submit some things I saw to you guys. Uh, the first picture I saw whenever I prayed for you guys was a windmill in the desert, like the kind of windmill that draws water up. And at the bottom of this windmill, there was this water trough or a big basin full of water. Uh, and I feel like as I saw that, I asked the Lord, what does the windmill mean? What does this all mean? Show me. Uh, and I heard him say that the windmill 
uh, was intercession and that it was drawing water up from deep underground. And that as the water was drawn up from intercession, it would fill this tank and people would come take of the water. And so I feel like uh, as the Lord showed me that, I I heard him say that uh, there's a deeper call to intercession on both of your lives. That as you're going into the things that the Lord has called you into, the Lord is pulling you into deeper levels of intercession. And, And just like the windmill, to be aware when that wind of intercession blows in to catch the wind of intercession. And I specifically heard that this well that, that, that the water is drawing into, uh, I heard him say that the water was for other people, that other people would come and drink of y'all's intercession. But the word I heard specifically was that generations would drink of your intercession. That as you intercede, you're drawing water for, for, for generations to come in a dry place. Leo, when I prayed for you, I heard the Father say right off the bat that you bring him pleasure. I felt that over both couples, but I felt it specifically enough, like I felt like I needed to say it to you, that you bring the Father pleasure. The Father's proud of you. I saw his pleasure resting on you, like actually resting on your shoulders, that you'd be one that carries the pleasure of the Father. And I saw a picture of you fishing with a big cast net, like you were sitting in a boat and you were You were hauling in the cast net and you were throwing it back out to the water. And I heard the Lord say, he's expanding your net. That the net is expanding for you to draw in more fish. And I felt like even the Lord saying, be sensitive for when I tell you to to throw the net on the other side of the boat. And I saw you drawing this net in with might. As we were worshiping, I I felt like uh, that spirit of might is resting on you guys. But I, I saw you drawing this net in with might. And as I was seeing this picture, the Lord reminded me of that phrase that says, uh, if you give a man a fish, you could feed him for a day. But if you teach him to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And Leo, over you, I heard that now is the time to teach them to fish. That you've been feeding people, but now is the time to teach them to fish. Lord, as when I prayed for you, uh, the Lord showed me a picture of you like a mirror. And you were a mirror that was reflecting the goodness of God. And as people interacted with you, uh, I saw you loving on people and meeting with people and interacting with strangers. And as, as they met with you, it was literally like you were reflecting God. And as they looked at you, they saw Jesus. Not that they were looking through you, but they looked at your face and they literally saw the goodness of God through you. I heard the Lord say that he's increasing you in godly confidence. That he's increasing you in godly confidence. And there'll be times when the spirit of the Lord will come on you and you'll feel a confidence that you've never felt in your life to step out and do the things that the Lord is asking you to do. Like this boldness, this, uh, this weightiness of his presence to step out and do those things. Uh, but as I heard the Lord say that he's increasing you in godly confidence, I felt a warning that the enemy in those moments is going to try to tell you that that godly confidence is pride. And I want to share this with you now because I, I feel like it's going to happen. Like as you step out in that godly confidence, the enemy's going to whisper, that seems really prideful when you're doing that. It's really prideful when you're sharing the things you're hearing the Lord say. And I felt the Lord say that it's not the pride, it's the spirit of the Lord resting on you. I heard the Lord uh, say that the enemies tried to dump slime on you. And as he said this, I saw, I'm a 90s kid, so I saw like Nickelodeon where they dumped the slime on people. Uh, and it was like the enemy was trying to dump like vats of slime over the top of you. And it was like sticking to you and it was running down and, and you were trying to get it off. And, 
and I felt like the, the Lord said that there's no more slime. Like I heard the Lord say no more specifically, that the things that the enemies tried to dump on you in the past, they won't stick to you anymore. They'll slide right off uh, and that the Lord has not created you to walk with that weight, that you'll be able to, to walk through those seasons and the enemy's going to try to put those things back on you and it's not gonna stick like it has before. Bless you guys. As I prayed for the both of you, I heard the Lord say about you both, they are humble and powerful. And even as the team has prophesied over you, I, I uh, Pastor Brianna mentioned Pastor Zane and I, I heard his voice in me. I heard him say, you've passed the test. Uh, Leo, as I prayed for you, I heard the Lord saying, uh, Leo is the Lord's. And the scripture that came to mind was 2 Samuel 22, verses 30 through 37. It says, for by you, I can run against a troop and by my God, I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all of those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord and who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and he has made my way blameless. He has set my feet like the feet of a deer and has set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me a shield of your salvation and your gentleness has made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. As the Lord showed me this, I, I'm submitting to you that I felt like this was a life verse for you. Specifically, by God, you can leap over a wall. I felt specifically that that wall was a fence. You've passed the test. A fence in the past may have tried to take you out, but you forgave and you leapt over it. He sets you like feet on a deer, secure on the heights, so that you can see from a different perspective. Leo, you've passed the test. You've leapt over a fence. You didn't let a fence take you out. You've forgiven when it was hard. And the Lord says, because you've done this, I'm securing your feet like a deer along the heights. I'm making a wide place so that your feet will not slip. Felt the Lord say over you, Leo, he is your security and he's proud of you. I heard the Lord say, Leo, he calls you Leo the overcomer. And he brought me to Revelation two. This is the church of Ephesus. Uh, verse two through verse seven, it says, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance. I know you cannot bear with those who are evil, but I've tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet you have this, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. I felt like the offense tried to take you out from your first love, but because you have leapt over those fences of offense, 
and have obeyed the Lord and forgiven, you've, you've returned to your first love and the Lord calls you Leo the overcomer. And the promise to the one who conquers, the one who overcomes is that you will be granted to eat of the tree of life. Lord, as, as I prayed over you, I saw rubies. And the Lord brought me to Proverbs 31, that you are more valuable than jewels. Most of us know Proverbs 31, as a Proverbs 31 woman, as a woman who fears the Lord. But specifically, he brought me to a few verses above that portion and it's verse eight and nine. It says, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy, that this is you, that you're the one who opens your mouth and speaks for those who don't have a voice. I feel a call for abortion and a call for women on your life. I'm going to read Proverbs 31 just so that you hear it in a new lens because this is what the Lord says about you. An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. Lord assists you. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maids, which is actually just Pastor Chris's word. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and, to, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates and he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Lord, this is you. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat of the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done exceedingly. Lord is but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. I felt specifically over you as you are a Proverbs 31 woman that you have a call to women. As Pastor Les mentioned, I oversee Mart and I've been hearing so many things of, of a movement of women that would usher in revival in the land. And I felt specifically this was a call on your life. Uh, this is why I wore a horse shirt because to Haviland Ford released a prophetic word that the horses would be running and that they'd be the women who are the marathon runners who would usher in a new wave of revival in the land. And it would be the women who would run. This is a call on our house and the Lord is highlighting you even as you've dressed in all white as the bride today. I feel like he's saying over you, Lord, is that you are the bride, but you are part of the bridal party, getting the bride ready for the bridegroom. You have a call to women. You have a call to unlock your voice. I felt the Lord just say, drop in my spirit, your voice is needed. 
your voice is needed. The women in this tent need your voice. They need what you carry. And empowerment from the Holy Spirit is coming upon you today. I also heard the Lord say, because of this, because you're a Proverbs 31 woman, because you're called to women and to the, vo the voiceless, he calls you the repairer of the breach. Isaiah 58, 11 through 12 says, and the Lord will guide you continually and he will satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundations of many, many generations. You shall be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. I even pray right now the revelation of it's easy to come upon you both, that it's easy in his presence, that it is easy to be a repairer of the breach, that it is easy as an overcomer. It's easy to equip and empower to be sent out. It's easy to be a voice because you just hear him and obey him. And so Lord, I thank you for what you said. We were given y'all's names a week ago. And so we've been praying into this for the whole week. But the Lord specifically told me this morning on my way in, Lord, is that you would be intentional about what you wore. <laughs> and what I love about the Lord is the meaning of her name is crown of glory. She literally has a crown on her head this morning. Dressed as the bride. Wow. Man. And then Leo, this morning as I was driving and same thing, he just showed me a picture of the two of you. And what I saw you as was like a child. You had this like childlike wonder and adventure about you. And I saw you standing under this tree that you had just climbed and the Lord gave you this great vision and showed you his vastness. And I watched you like just fierce. You were just fierce running through the field. Your name means brave people are lion hearted. I heard the Lord say that he was pleased with the two of you and that he joined you together for such a time as this, as actual weapons in his hand because you carry great joy and you are brave as a lion. And when you walk into spaces, you bring comfort and you bring strength. As I was praying over you guys this week, the Lord showed me a vision. The two of you were torches and I'm not saying you were carrying torches, you were the actual torches. And he was leading you into dark places As he was taking you into these dark places, the darkness began to illuminate. And what I saw behind the two of you were wagons upon wagons upon wagons filled with people. And I heard the Lord say, pioneers. They are called to come and to pioneer the land. He took me to Luke 10, 2, and it says, and he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord and the harvest to see out 
send out laborers into his harvest. The wagons were full of laborers. You are pioneers for the harvest for such a time as this. The two of you, what pioneers do is they are the first to come into the land. They are the first to cross over rivers. They are the first to climb up the sides of mountains and to find crossings. And they are first to claim the land. I heard the Lord say that the wells of revival that lay dormant under the city were being awakened because you came. You came and you didn't have to, and it's far from you. And what y'all don't know is they live an hour from here. And so this land prophetic word is absolutely incredible that they don't know anything about them, but they have a word about land and you came. So the wells of revival are springing forth. You have come to call dead things to life. You have come to refresh the dry bones in this city. So Father, I declare over the two of them, open your mouth and speak because the wells are springing forth. The waters will run through this city. You will dig up dry ground. You will break up the fallow ground. You will crush the old cisterns. The water will run free in this city because of your yes. So I thank you, Lord God, for making them a mouthpiece for making them torches in the dark, for leading the pioneers, for leading the laborers that are here for the harvest, God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, it's in Leo. I heard the Holy Spirit specifically over you, Leo, say I'm turning up the volume. He said, you've been a stable, an unmovable and quiet warrior, but he's turning up the volume. So I just want to impart strength to you. Father, I pray that you'll strengthen Leo's voice. God, that in his spirit, I just see the Lord reaching into your spirit like there's a knob and just turning up the volume. So Lord, turn up the volume. God, let him not be intimidated by anything or anyone, but let him fear you, God. Let him fear not to speak when you've called him to speak. Let him fear not to move when you've called him to move. Holy Spirit, turn up the volume on Leo in the name of Jesus. Lord, as I, I, I heard the Lord say, I saw over the top of you this week, two words, it said the Madonna. And I looked up what the Madonna is. And in art, a Madonna is a representation of Mary, either alone or with her child, Jesus. The word is from the Italian Madonna, which means my lady. And then you came today dressed like the picture I saw when I looked up that word, a halo and a white gown. And the Lord took me to Luke chapter one, verse 30, verse 42. It says, and Elizabeth exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed 
Are you among women? And blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. You will bear many spiritual children. The Lord says that there's a gift of salvation upon the both of you that you will gather the lost like a mother hen. Like Jesus said in Luke 13, 34, he is placing the same burden upon you that he carried. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to you. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. God, place the burden, God, the burden and the yoke that is easy in your presence upon the Martinez's. Lord, to gather the lost like a hen gathers her brood. You will preach the narrow path. Psalm 17, 13, and 4, enter by the narrow gate. The Lord said, just like he prophesied through some of these pastors, that he's sending you to the street. He's sending you to the place that is wide and leads to destruction to bring them to the narrow gate that leads to life. He says that you will be the happy warriors. So guys, if you would stretch your hands towards them, pastors, if you would come and pray. Father, we pray for joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let the joy of the Lord be their strength. Send them to the wide path that leads to destruction, that they may lead your children to the narrow way. Father, right now, let a burden, I see, a burden resting upon you, a burden for the lost of this city. I'm going to deliver this later, but earlier this week, the Lord told me that in 2024, in Mercy Culture Waco, would be a year of salvations. And as I was praying for you, he said that the two of you are a key to that year. So God, give them prophetic insight. Give them revelation. Give them prophetic dreams and visions of outreaches that think outside of the box. Lord, they'll do prophetic acts and outreaches that will break the bondage of religion, that will break the orphan spirit, that will break fear and intimidation, that will break demonic powers, that will bring deliverance. And God, make their inheritance a harvest of souls. Lord, let them stand one day before the throne of heaven and lay many crowns before your feet, Lord. Many, 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 many crowns before your feet, God. Give them a burden for the lost. Ah, They bring them into your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Come on, worship team, just begin to say, everybody stand to your feet. Let's put our hands up in the air begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Pastors, if you would stay. And we're just going to take a moment. If you need to go, you're dismissed. We love you. We thank you. If you want to stay, we're going to just take a few moments and just begin to prophesy. The altars are open if you want to come to the altar, but these pastors are going to start to speak what the Lord lays upon their heart.